Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in here on this Tuesday morning. Happy to have you with us. Kind of a sad note to be starting on here, uh, but big news from the weekend nonetheless. Yeah, it was just brutal. I mean, no, no matter what era you enjoy or what kind of music you're into, you lost somebody very likely that means something to you. Jimmy Buffett, this stunning news came out uh, just, I mean, into the weekend. Saturday morning, most of us learned that Jimmy Buffett had died at age 76 uh, following a battle with skin cancer. And the, the tributes were still pouring in when we found out that Gary Wright, who sang Dreamweaver and Your Love is Alive, uh, had also died over the weekend. And then uh, just over the last 24 hours or so came out news that Steve Harwell, the front man for Smash Mouth, also died. He at age 56. Gary Wright was 80, by the way. But Steve Harwell had been battling all kinds of health issues. Uh, liver failure is what they gave as the, the final cause of death. But he had struggled with drugs and alcohol, as many people in the music industry do, and uh, had had other health issues over time. But again, a very young 56, and Steve Harwell is gone. So, I mean, everybody from the 70s to the 90s, uh, unfortunately, represented in this. And a pretty different... Um I mean, admittedly, Jimmy Buffett's the one I'm most familiar with. I didn't know of the other one in Smash Mouth. There's a band that I know, but I don't know the guy. But when you hear somebody um, dying that young, in fact, I initially heard he was in hospice. And then like three hours later, they announced he had died. Yep. Right. So. And, and it, it, you know, it just came, I mean, one after another after another like that all weekend long. And it was it was strange because, I mean, last week because of the hurricane, we played a little bit of Jimmy Buffett on the air. Over the weekend, happened to hear Gary Wright. Uh, somebody had pulled out some old Gary Wright stuff and was listening to that and realized that, you know, it had been a long time since I had heard anything from him. And then just hours later came the news that he was gone. We might play some more Jimmy Buffett through the show today. Um, I'm fine I, with that. <laughs> I am, if I'm not mistaken, didn't we know about skin cancer with him? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, this was the first time that I had heard the actual diagnosis, but I know that uh, a few months back, he had canceled a series of shows because he said his health wasn't good enough and they were going to try and get him mm -hmm. back together. But uh, I don't know that they said at the time exactly what it was. Um, a lot of people over the weekend also pointed out the irony of a guy who was famous for living an outdoor lifestyle, doing concerts outside, and famously, I mean, his favorite pastime of all was sailing, um, and spent all that time in the sun and ended up dying of skin cancer. Did we have anyone in Yacht Rock before he came along? 
Um, there, there were a few that came along kind of right at the same time. Jimmy Buffett's career really started on the, in, on the country scene in the early 70s, 72, 73, 74. And within a couple of years of that, you had guys like Bertie Higgins uh, and Christopher Cross, I think late 70s. So, yeah, I, I don't know that he was the maybe the progenitor, if not the inventor of it. Yeah, because um, in country, Kenny Chesney kind of picked up that ball a little bit. And the two of them were really good friends. In yes. fact, did shows together, recorded music together. And so I I didn't know Yacht Rock much before Jimmy Buffett. And the only other name I could tell you is Kenny Chesney that kind of fits in that same that yeah. same category. Oh, and I mean, the, the live shows were incredible. Did you ever get a chance to see him live? No. Our, <laughs> our first date, the first time I ever took Jen out ever back in high school was to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Uh, and it was her first one. I had seen him a couple of times before and have seen him a couple of times since. Uh, the uh, Unfortunately, the last time that I saw him was uh, almost 25 years ago at Amelie Arena down in Tampa. Right after it opened, he played a show there. And just the energy that he brought, uh, he, I, I heard a quote from him over the weekend in one of the, the packages that they ran, the Obit packages that they ran about him, where he said, you know, I'm as entertained by my audience as I hope they are by me. He loved doing those shows, and it showed. I mean, it was clear that he was at home on the stage. Yeah, um, just a bummer. So, um, and if we hear, boy, it wouldn't surprise me if we hear a little bit more about like a public memorial for him. Yeah, where you know where the public is invited. They, so. you know, they they already arranged a. Uh, it wasn't a memorial, but there was a parade through the streets of Key West where he called home that they arranged in hours and got it all together. I mean, I I, I don't think it's any mystery that Key West is like New Orleans. It's kind of yeah. always down for a party. Yeah. So they did, and it was the perfect send off. I mean, you know, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, fam- one of the famous lines from his early songs was "Living my life like a song." And and I think that's the way that that he sort of promoted himself. Uh, it's certainly the way that he lived his life, and it made all the sense in the world to have a party rather than a, a sort of a downbeat, you know, a lot of tears shed and, and all of that for a guy like Jimmy Buffett. That just didn't make sense. So of course, Key West had a parade. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what else comes out of this um, as the course we go through the week here. Okay. Uh, to start here with the story out of Minnesota. Um, it is time for yet another conversation about acceptable conditions in prisons. You have one in Stillwater, Minnesota. You have about 1,200 inmates that are at this facility. It's just southeast of um, Stillwater and Bayport. It's been there for a while, built in 1914, and probably not in the greatest condition, given that it's been there that long. We've had a lot of heat. Even Minnesota's had a lot of heat in the last few weeks. And with that, you have about 100 inmates in one housing unit who refused to go back to their cells on Sunday because it was getting so hot inside. Um, You have inmates refusing to go back to their cells, although the department says we don't really know why and they're calling the situation stable. But advocates for them and people who have been able to talk to those inmates have said they are tired from it being so hot, no way to cool off, drinking water that's not clean. And and. Part of what this gets into is that, and a lot of people say, well, who cares how they're, who cares how they're feeling? They're in prison, who cares? Um, keep in mind, you have civilian employees that work in that facility and you, hot heat, I mean, we see this just outside in public. Heat leads to more crime. It also leads to more unrest behind bars. Without doubt. And that's exactly the, the right sort of 
position, not not position to take on this, but the right angle to to view this from is not necessarily the angle of from the prisoners, because as you said, people love to say, I don't care, but stack them in there like cordwood, turn the heat up, whatever. Because of of the punishment aspect of prisons, and that certainly does exist. But on the other hand, you have guards, you have office staff, you have all kinds of people who have to be in that facility every single day. And this kind of situation, we've seen it happen in the past, can turn so dangerous so quickly where what you have now is effectively a a, a sort of a strike protest of, no, we're not going to go back to our cells. It's too hot in there, and you can't make us. I mean, if, if we all get together and band together, there's no way you can move us all back into our cells. To move from that, especially in this kind of heat, to a riot? where people are being beaten and, and and it's a very dangerous situation for the corrections officers who have to be there in that facility to try to maintain order. That's that's a very fine line, and it's one that's easily breached. 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here. Um, so they have been on intermittent lockdown since Friday. So they are kept in their cells that reportedly don't have air conditioning. Nowhere in the story does it tell me how hot this prison is getting. And I wish it was telling me how hot it's getting indoors. Yeah. But you got to imagine, considering how a prison is built, when you don't have air conditioning in those cells, there's not a lot of windows and there's not a lot of ventilations. A lot of ventilation. You would imagine we're getting into the 90s inside. It's it's probably above that. The one temperature that they did say is there's a heat advisory today in Minneapolis for temperatures approaching 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So the air temperature is approaching 100. You've got to believe that the you know inside it's going to be even hotter than that, just in terms of air temperature, and the heat index is going to be brutal. It's also Minnesota where they're not used to this. Right. I mean that heat dome. For reference, uh, Milwaukee Public Schools today are doing what we did last week, the early dismissal thing, because it's too hot for the kids in school. They're just in the upper 90s. They're between 95 and 97 degrees air temperature. But they said that when the heat index gets above 95 in, in Milwaukee, they either call off school or they do early dismissal, which is what they're doing. John, do you know what level of prison this is? What, I what don't. level of it doesn't I know I'll have to look it up during the break here because as I sit here going, OK, what do you do about this? Um, you can't quickly make changes to the prison, right? You can't you can't quickly get an air conditioning in those cells. You can't you can't quickly make this a better environment. Keeping in mind also it's September 5th. I mean, you're only going to have to worry about this kind of heat here for a few more weeks. So what can you do in the interim with these inmates so that they are? Um, so that we are protected from them if need be, which has me asking, are there other prisons? <laughs> Not that any prisons have room, right. but are there other prisons that you can get them to? Yeah, because I mean, we're talking about 1,200 people that's uh, that are housed at that particular facility in Minnesota. And the other thing about the corrections officers here, just for a minute, is the fact that they have to go into that building. They're in the same building where the prisoners are. And they have to go in there wearing uniforms and protective gear and all kinds of other things. So if the heat is bad for the people who are wearing prison orange, imagine how bad it is for the corrections officers themselves. Somebody's going to die. So this, the Internet is telling me it is a close custody state prison for men, which I have never heard that term before. Nor state, have I. Um, state's largest closed security institution for adult males. 
we'll look a little more of this up here during the break here and see what else um what else we can learn about this so you have 100 inmates in one living unit refusing to go back to their cells and and they may stay on lockdown through today the longer you leave them on lockdown the worse this is going to get so what do you do yeah and, and with that many people that have to somehow be um you know, just just with the situation's got to be ameliorated somehow. Uh, so yeah, what do you do with that number of people that you can't just bring in portable air conditioners and have them you know, start running? Although that suggestion's coming in, bring in portable AC units. How many? Twelve hundred yeah. people. Even if you've got three to a cell, which would be yeah. a lot. Uh, you're talking about at that point four hundred cells. Yeah, and you know, somebody's going to have to pay for that. Somebody's going to have to bring them in. You can't just. Unless unless the governor declares some kind of state of emergency, you can't just write a blank check for that kind of thing. The 120-year-old facility is not climate controlled, and the windows have many challenges. <laughs> However, you want to put that according well, to, uh, who's this guy that's talking in this story? This is probably DOC commissioner, yeah. Many challenges to those windows, meaning you can't open them. Well, yeah, exactly. And so how are you going to hang a window shaker in a window that doesn't open? Not to mention the fact that every time you do something like that, you make a another path for escape. Um. Yes. Not yes, the air conditioner. We talked out. about here before. Yeah, and jump out. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. I I get the um, apathy toward people behind bars. Somebody you're saying, unless the heat inside the the cells is so hot it's life threatening. I don't care if the prisoners are uncomfortable. It not everybody is. behind those. Yeah, not everybody in that prison is there for murder. <laughs> you know, it's it's they don't deserve to die from the heat because they're behind bars for something. Yeah, and and there comes a time for a constitutional question again. I mean, we think of cruel and unusual punishment as something that's only related to the death penalty. It isn't. Right. That constitutional ban on cruel and unusual punishment exists for everybody who's incarcerated. So if you're baking people inside there, all it's going to take is one person to die or one person to be uh, you know, taken out in an ambulance with heat stroke. And that's going to be your your barrier. So, yeah, obviously, if you've got temperatures approaching 100 degrees air temperature outside and inside, it's even hotter than that. You are talking about a life threatening situation. 913-586-7798. Still to come here, it was also a pretty violent weekend in Kansas City, and it was all over the city. This was not concentrated in one particular part of town, so we'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ. What a weekend we had across Kansas City here um, as I've, we've got figures in terms of how many homicides we've had so far this year, but we, I think it's about 20 more than we had by this time last year. <coughs> Excuse me. So you had four people that were killed and you had a teenager that was hurt um, in several shootings across the city. I had to map a couple of these. I didn't know exactly where Indian Grove was. Um, for those who don't know, that's just east of Cliff Drive. That's Kessler Park, really close to the river. One of them was like 9th and, and, and Jefferson, which is really close to like 10th and Broadway. So you're getting pretty close to River Market up that way. There was one on the plaza and there were a couple in other parts of town. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned the shooting the teenager uh, that was shot. And, and uh, I mean, I know every time we talk about this, the plaza comes up and there's there's an immediate reaction to that with people saying, that's why I don't go down there anymore. And there's this kind of thing happens all the time. And I know sometimes perception doesn't meet reality. In this case, it did. And it seems like the police are treating this as exactly what you would think that it is. Where mm -hmm. an argument between a couple of teenagers got out of control, somebody was armed, somebody fired a shot. Uh, again, not a death in that case, thankfully, 
but still, it doesn't. It's not going to do much for the reputation. And they arrested a 15 year old boy in that case yeah. that they believed to be the shooter there. Um, so we had a couple others. Again, one was in. It, it's just interesting to me that it was all over town over the course of a weekend where it was warm this weekend. And usually, again, crime goes up when it's hot, but this is not the hottest weekend that we've had here in a while. So one was near um, West 9th and Jefferson. I'm looking for the one on Harrison. Um, we had the 300 block of Drury Avenue. That's Indian Mound. There was 3100 block of Harrison is where they found two men who had been shot um, unresponsive. I have a couple questions about it. One about the the plaza shooting, which I was home Saturday night and didn't even hear any of that. Um, I wonder about the plans or the proposals to create more of a pedestrian area out of the plaza, what that will do if that is to go forward. And I tell you, I am, um, in fact, I thought I, I, I almost settled on a place, but I'm looking to move to a different part of town for a variety of reasons. And it's interesting when you start to consider like where the safe areas in town are or where <laughs> they are not. Yeah. And I, I laugh when I think, you know, well, maybe I should stay more in the plaza because it's safer here. And then you have a shooting on Saturday night. And I think, well, OK, um, it's it, I think it's becoming harder to determine that because, again, one of these shootings was at Ninth and Jefferson, which is right off Broadway there. Yeah, I mean, there it, it kind of you know goes to the idea that there is no such thing as safe. You put it exactly right. Is it safer? That's really the only gauge that you have because there is no place where crime doesn't happen. There are places where it happens more often than other places, but yeah, you're, there's no such thing as being in an area of town where you're going to be safe, where there's never going to be anything that's going to go wrong. And so do you think about that when you're out and about? Like, I, there are a couple of places that I have my eye on that are more north of me. Um, and I, I don't know if, if Holmes and Troost is still like the firm dividing line where we feel like you can't be on, on one side or the other. I start to look at individual neighborhoods. I also start to think, well, it can happen anywhere now. Yeah. I mean, it is more likely to happen in some parts of town, but I think anywhere in the urban area, I feel like it's fair game lately. Yeah. Well, and, and think about it. I mean, uh, you look at what happened in the you know you get outside the urban area things are still i mean the kidnapping that took place that wasn't yeah. in town you know it started in town he picked her up in town uh, but then you know took her out to the outskirts and locked her in a basement so that, you know that kind of thing the idea that you know small town america is devoid of of any skeletons in the closet is just it's silliness um and i want to go back and clarify what i said earlier about you know there is no place that's completely safe that's not me picking on Kansas City. It's not any different anywhere else. I mean, yeah. the, you, you're always taking some kind of a chance, and all it takes is for drugs and guns and knives and whatever to come together and show me where in the United States that doesn't happen. Somebody's asking the question, if they're 15, back to the plaza, where are the parents? It's a good question. We, when, when I was 14 and 15, we were allowed to be out without mom and dad. I mean, on a set, this was nine o'clock on a Saturday night it's sure. before curfew. We were allowed to be out. We weren't out roaming a place like the plaza, but we were still out without our, our parents. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, I wrote a long post this weekend on Facebook. Go figure. It's kind of my thing to do about when I was a kid, when I was 10 years old, my parents used to drop me off at a stadium to go to a soccer game. Just drop me off and say, yeah. there you go. Go buy a ticket. Have fun. We'll see you after the game's over. 
Um, that was fine. And no, never had a gun on me, never got in any trouble, never did any of that stuff. So it's not as simple as saying, uh, you know, where are the parents? It's also kind of funny to me that uh, every time we get into a discussion about guns, we get people saying, well, you know, we, we all had guns when we were 12, 13 and 14 years old and our parents gave them to us. Well, now a 15-year-old has a gun, does something like this, and everybody's like, where did he get a gun? <laughs> you right. know, let's be a little consistent about this stuff. Yeah. If you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798, um, particularly if you're kind of in that thought of considering moving to a different part of town like I am. Um, I have to be honest, like one area I look a lot at right now is like Strawberry Hill of KCK. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's going to be the place that's going to be really expensive next. I think it's it's it's, it's one of those areas right now be. that's yeah. not. Yeah, and and geographically it's a good place to be. But we're back to you know talking about safety on the plaza, and frankly, it unnerves me a little bit that we had the shooting at Ninth and Jefferson. That's Quality Hill. I mean, that's as safe as you get. I feel like if you're going to be in the urban core of town. I mean, that's that's right there in the middle of of. Yeah, you're, you're just getting close to River Market at that point. So what do we do about it? 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here. Uh, we'll get to your comments on this one next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay, before we get to Richard's call, I'm annoyed by this conversation a little bit. Um, I want to talk about why for a second. So we're talking about all the violence that happened over the weekend. And yes, there was a shooting on the plaza. And to the person who just said, you've been defending the plaza this whole time, and that's what all of us has been thinking it is, and now you want out. <laughs> I didn't give you a single reason for why I said I'm moving off the plaza. What I said was, there are several reasons why that I've never talked about on the air. So you have no idea what the reason is. I still, I didn't even hear the shooting on Saturday night and I was home. I have, I still think it is a perfectly safe place to be. Yeah. Now, admittedly, um, I'm not easily scared, I guess. To the person that, there was somebody that said, why do you think Nathan Jefferson is safe? Anybody that's grown up here knows anything north of the plaza is dangerous. 
and downtown has always been iffy. I don't consider River Market to be dangerous. <laughs> I was just thinking exactly the same thing. I'm like, yeah, every time I go there, I'm just ducking. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't on. consider power and light to be dangerous. <laughs> You strike me as the kind of person that hasn't been well, north of 50th Street in a while. And that's the real irony of it is that, yeah, the people who have that view of the plaza are the ones who say, and I never go to the plaza. Yeah, which gives you a really clear view of exactly what's going on there. Uh, so just save it just a little <laughs> bit. All right. And, and, and offer solutions then. I mean, what, what do you think should be done then? Somebody just texted and said, the problem seems to be moving west that it used to be east of a certain line and now it's moving west. Okay. And, and, and so what do you do to stop that? I mean, yeah. you know, as, as we were talking about, what, what do you consider safe? What, what is a safe area of town? Keep in mind, where did the road rage shooting we talked about last week happen? 75th right. and 35 in, in, is that technically Shawnee or is that Lenexa or Mission? I'm not sure. What Whatever. Those lines it's kind are. of, yeah, right. It's, <laughs> or Overland Park, it could be. It's right there, kind of at the nexus of all of them. Um, but yeah, is that a dangerous area of town? Well, it was for the lady who got her window smashed. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't a shooting. It was the guy smashing her window with a hammer. Mm-hmm. 913-586-7798. We can go to the phones here. Yeah, let's go talk to Richard in Independence. Hey, Richard. Hey, guys. Hey, Jamie. You know what? I, I pay I $1,300 a month for a mobile home in Independence. So I can imagine rent on the plaza is not cheap. So I, I can imagine it's probably one of your reasons. To, it's to actually not, but go ahead. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, anyway... So I don't know how many groups of these people were teenagers, youngsters, whatever. But I'm going to say for the teenagers that got into the shootout on on the plaza, I'm going to say, you know what, there's a direct lack of home discipline. It, It really is. And I've seen it. And, I mean, parents do not discipline their children anymore. They don't. And then next up on the, uh, I had one more really good point to bring up. Uh, another another problem we've we've come to, uh, Jamie and John is is I'm I'm just gonna say it I'm I'm gonna call everybody out and people are wusses anymore. They're they're too scared to take an ass beat and the first thing they're gonna go for is their gun. You know instead of just you know solving your differences, getting your ass beat and moved on, the first thing you go for is a gun. Why does there have to be an ass beating? Well, I mean, people have differences, and they have to work it out, I guess. So but, violence. You know, back, back, well, I mean, you know what? If you got if you got to work it out, and you can't work it out by means of talking or just not talking to each other anymore, you know, instead of killing somebody or injuring somebody where they could later die from a gunshot wound, just beat the hell um, out of them. Just. Get into a fist fight and then be done with it. Be done with it. Move on. Great. So might makes right. And and then what you're asking for is the little guy who gets his ass beat is going to look for everybody, a way. To, is every, gonna, everybody goes home at the end of the day. Yeah, no, no, they don't. They, they go home at the uh, end of the day and they sit there and try to figure out how to get back at him. That's what happens. Uh, and the violence escalates. Well, well, what's, what, what's, the, what's the next option? I mean, they're not, they can't talk to each other reasonably. And obviously, because we don't teach them to talk to each other reasonably, we we teach and, them and, what and, you and, just and said, which is, well, you know, go get your ass beat. Come on, we've got to do well, better than to, that. If we, if we're not going well, to do better come, than that, then this is going to be the result. We've come to a point where people can't sit down and talk reasonable with each other anymore. And then you know, just 
Okay, well, look, I have nothing left for you. I'm done with you. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me anymore. Well, that doesn't work anymore. I mean, so what? what's the options? That has to be the option. Richard, I, I appreciate well, the call, but I'm not ready to, to throw my hands up and go, well, let's just start beating each other senseless. <sighs> okay, we'll keep going. I, I don't um, – I'm never going to sit here and advocate that violence is the answer to violence. Or that, and I don't even like some of the language that was used there, but that that that, that solves anything. And, and the whole argument that we don't discipline kids anymore, it, it just, how much were kids disciplined when we were kids? Yeah, it's, it's an easy, lazy argument. And, and it's one that has been made since we were kids and long before. Aristotle made that argument. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, of course they do. Um, and, you know, everybody's different. Uh, everybody's going to have a different level of parenting skill. But, to, you know, to say nobody disciplines their kids anymore, well, you know, just join the club. It's simple solutions to complex problems. All right. Uh, let's see what Ashley has to say out of KC. Hey, Hi, Ashley. Hey, guys. If we had the answers to how to solve this violence, none of us would be here. We'd all be living on our private islands somewhere in the Caribbean or wherever. Unfortunately, it's going to take people as a community rising up and saying, we aren't going to take this anymore. And the last caller, his ideal of how we solve these things is exactly what the problem is. I had this conversation with my 17-year-old over the weekend. When you get revenge or go to get revenge on somebody, all that does is creates a horrible, vicious circle of revenge, 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 revenge. We need to be teaching... We need to be teaching our kids that you don't go for revenge, that you talk to each other. But too many people out there think that kids are stupid and that you just whip their butts and don't explain to them, hey, this is how we do this. When you're, and believe me, I've spanked both of my boys more than once. They know, even though they're bigger than me, not to mess with mama when it comes to stuff. But that's not the answer. The more, you know, it goes back to, the, you punch me, I'm going to come back with a bat. You come with a bat, I'm going to come with a knife. You come with a knife, I'm going to come with a gun. And that's all that it does. We've got to figure out how to set these people down and how we can work through these problems. And we can't do that without the help of the community and without the willingness of everyone to get involved and figure out why we can't use our words rather than our fists. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. Ashley, thank you. Thanks very much for the call. And and how do we start to teach that? <laughs> Good question. We but we need to make an effort and we we don't that's the one thing that seems to be missing from the from the curriculum and I say curriculum writ large, not just schools. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about schools and parents and all of the rest of it is teaching people how to do that. How to work out differences without resorting to, well, you know, meet me in the playground after school. Take a look at the text lines sometime. I mean, oh. it's it's insane, and that's that's because people are stupid. Not everybody, but there is a contingent of people who that is their only that's their the only tool in the toolbox. They can't use their brains; it just doesn't work real well. So they say, "Okay, I'm going to punch you." Yeah, and that works out really well. And <laughs> yeah. and listen, it is um, it is a harder conflict resolution is a harder solution to this. Um, and I don't know how you, I don't know because you have parents that don't do it well, 
So you got to teach parents first. Oh, yeah. And, and I get that it's a more complicated problem than I think it's a more complicated problem than just discipline at home. So, well, sure. And if you're living in a house where dad comes home every day and beats the tar out of mom, right. you're not learning a great lesson there. Right. Let's see. I think we have Charles next up out of KC. Hey, Charles. Hey, good morning. Uh, I just I have to uh, pile on with what Ashley said. I, I live uh, a block from Ninth and Pennsylvania. And uh, in the evenings, up at the point where you can look up, you can look over downtown airport and everything, it gets rough when it gets dark. And lots of loud music, people smoking a lot of dope, no big deal. People drinking a lot, no big deal in and of itself. But then one guy mouths off to another one who throws a punch, and then the other guy's friend who has a knife gets into it, and then a gun, yep. and it ends badly. Uh, it's during the day, it's wonderful there. You can go up, sit, eat your lunch, watch the planes come and go. Um, but at night it's, it's completely different. And I don't go up there at night anymore. It's just, it's too, it's just too dangerous. Um, and, uh, and I think I 35 and 75th street. I think technically it's in Merriam. Thank you. Okay. Right. <laughs> I appreciate day. it. Thank you, Charles. Thank Thanks you. for working that out for us. Yeah. Um, but that's true. And there have been places that have found solutions to those things. You can, you can solve the violence in an area. Uh, I know you can, it takes a long time, but you can do it. And we've seen it happen in different areas of the country. We've seen it happen in different neighborhoods around here where uh, a place is renewed and revitalized and doesn't have that violence problem that it used to. But as I said, you've got to be patient with things like that. The thing, though, is that's more of a physical solution. So mm-hmm. it gives you the opportunity then to say, okay, we've, we've quelled the level of violence by having patrols and having people you know, get directly involved in the community policing uh, aspects of it. So now that we've quelled that, or at least shoved it off into some other area, which is what happens too often, now we can start talking about the more permanent solution of teaching people how to work out the differences so it doesn't escalate to that in the first place. It's really interesting, um, just as we're sitting here. So I'm in a Facebook group about like tourism in Kansas City, and it often gets posts from people that are, are going to visit here from other places. I just happened to glance at it. It just showed up in my Facebook feed. Hello, everyone. I may move to Kansas in the future. They asked, how is the security there? I think they meant safety. And it's interesting to see people's responses. Um, somebody just said flat out, no Wyandotte County. Um, somebody said, I live in Kansas City, Kansas, and I'm really comfortable. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it is <laughs> yeah. all over the board there. No Wyandotte County, like at all? <laughs> at all, apparently. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I necessarily go along with that one. And I would ask, what makes you feel safe or not safe in a neighborhood? If you are walking down the street, what makes you think, ooh, I don't think this is a place I want to be. And then I ask, how do we fix those things? Like lighting is one of the first things I look at. What's foot traffic like? What is it near? Um, Are there cameras up? Those are the kinds of things that I... I look at. I'm going to try to do this as quickly as I can because I know we got a bunch of people on hold and we're headed toward a break as well. But uh, one of the areas that that I was thinking of that did that sort of it's not gentrification. That's more to do with you know making houses look pretty. But that had a big crime problem when I when I lived down in Tampa was Ebor City. 
It was mm-hmm. dangerous. It was exactly as he described. At, during the day, eh, relatively okay. At night, you did not go to Ebor. Now, it's the entertainment district, and it's fun, and it's safe. And one of the first things that they did is they had people who were volunteers from the neighborhood who would go around in these yellow vests. And if you needed help, they were there. You know, and that, I think, is one of the first things that you have to do, because if you find yourself in a bad position, if you're in Westport or you're in or you're on the plaza or whatever, and you find yourself in a bad position that that's making you extremely uncomfortable and you're afraid for your safety. How great is it to see somebody who is your lifeline to go to them and say, look, I don't feel safe right now. And that's how it began. Now you go down there and it's night and day from what it used to be. 913-586-7790. We'll get one more call on here before we take a break. Yeah, let's go to uh, Alex and KCK, as a matter of fact. Hi. Hey, Alex, you feeling unsafe? Hey, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. And, and great conversations this morning. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to think about when you know, we're talking about our neighborhoods and things like that. You have to be mindful of where you're at. Be aware. Uh, take note of things that might not look like they're normal. Uh, I live on 42nd Street. It's an artery in Kansas City, Kansas. Hell, we have a excuse me, we have a half acre down here. You know, it's beautiful uh, and very little crime. <laughs> Which is, yeah, hey, I like it. But my point is, I think uh, you know, when we're talking about the plaza and the pedestrian idea, um, I really uh, I like that idea. Uh, you know, it's a shame our parents aren't able to get out there and police their own kids. But bottom line. Um, you know, who expects a 15 year old kid to show up with a gun, you know? Yeah. And if that's what we're, if that's what our society has gotten down to now, and it's obvious that it has, you know, it, it makes me sick because there's so much other legislation and stuff that we could be taking care of, like climate control and, you know, decriminalization of stuff, um, just getting down to the brass tacks of it instead of going out and killing each other. And if you can't, settle an argument with somebody then walk away yep you know yeah. walk away you've got that choice you can walk away now what they do i'm sorry i don't know what that happens but maybe they'll walk away too and chalk it up to a bad conversation that just went over but it's disturbing that we're not we're not really paying attention to the guts of the problem which i think is logistics and i think that if they really want to do something to stop those crimes in Midtown and, and the Plaza and Westport, um, you know, we have to make it less easy for people to get away with it. So, um, right. I'm sorry. Alex, no, no, no. I, I, yeah. I understand. Good ideas. And listen, there is no there is no idea that's off the table when it comes to something like this. So, I mean, it, it all has to be part of a grand solution, you know, that, that, but, but it's gotta be something that everybody kind of agrees to. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is the path forward. This is how we all come together and do this. Yeah. All right. If you're still on hold, we'll get to your calls next on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Just wrapping up with your comments here about what was a violent weekend all across Kansas city. We had four people that were killed. We had a 14 year old that was hurt. Um, at least in that case, I know there was an arrest. Yeah, we'll go to uh, Leavenworth up next where Jeremy is standing by. Hey, Jeremy, welcome in. Hey, how's it going? Going well. What's on your mind? Yeah, um, a couple of things. Um, as far as like uh, as far as the river market, I have a 
I have an interesting story uh, with that. My, when my family and I, uh, we went there to, for the first time, and I was actually like, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say involved, but there was a guy that pulled up and he was involved in a shooting. He was injured, fell out of the car. And, you know, we had to render first aid to help him out uh, until they got there. So, and that was our first experience of the River Market itself, uh, which is not the best way to go about seeing it up for the first time. No kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, uh, you know, the river market itself isn't a bad place. We went there later on, and, and it was a great time. But sometimes people have that, that situation that they're involved in, and then that's what they see that place is. That's a good point. And and I think a lot of times we we don't give ourselves the ability to see – something like that that happens as the anomaly we it happens it's the first time we're there we see it happen and go oh well that's what it's like here and the the place is immediately tainted by that image that's going to be in our heads forever not thinking oh well that was weird right right that it was just uh it just happened to be that day that you went yeah it happened to be that time and that place and it was just a, a weird situation and uh, and as far as the the, the two young men that um, got into the uh, the shootout, um, a lot of people are thinking about that uh, 14-year-old, and, and rightfully so, that he was shot, and that's unfortunate. Um, and uh, but it's also unfortunate that uh, the other uh, the other kid thought that that was the only other option that he had. Yeah, that he had the gun in the first place, and that he felt like he was in a position where that was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I think that obviously this will only be for this one young man. But to talk to this young man and ask him, hopefully that's what someone's going to be doing in the future here. Is why would why did you feel that this was his only? This was your only option. Yeah. What is it that made you feel that way? And how is it that you came to that that part? Because I think doing that with other other young people can also help solve that help solve the problem with not resulting to violence as the only resort or it should always be a last resort. Without doubt. Jeremy, thank you. Thanks very much for the call. And and that goes to you know something that I put up on our thread just a mm-hmm. couple of minutes ago, Jamie, that I think, and this is a much bigger conversation that unfortunately we do not have time for at the moment, but I think it really st- it needs to start being had in the halls of power all around the area in Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, and all of the other suburbs, which is how do you make people feel like they're invested in having a safe place to live? Because there are clearly many people who don't. They don't feel like it's in their best interest not to contribute to the violence. So they do. Yeah, and I also feel like it's you're modeling the behavior that you were taught. Sure. In some ways with that. Um, and it feels a little bit like desperation. You know, somebody mentioned the gang problem. I mean, it it feels like this is the only thing we, we think we can do. I don't even know. Like, I wish I knew what the shooting was about. I wish I knew what the conflict was. So that we could analyze that a little bit more. Was it over a girl? Was it drugs? What what was the problem that led to somebody pulling out a gun to be able to solve it? Yeah, exactly. And and if people don't care, if if there is if if everything is self centered and not centered around on um, on the people around you and having that safe place to live, then there's just no reason for you not to go there. Yeah, we'll continue to follow it. See what else comes out of that. Coming up next. Some of the most dangerous jobs we can think of. Boy, this one sure seems to be at the top of the list. We'll get to what happened in Cass County over the weekend next here on KMBZ. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.